Good morning. You guys are ready. You're always ready. You're on. Who needs a mic? I'm already on. Uh, we're a fun, happy Sunday. I'm back, right? Uh, did you miss me? We're going to do something a little bit lesser relaxing than Revelation. We're talking about suffering. So uh, happy Sunday. Uh, let me pray and we're going to get right into it. Dear Lord, thank you for this day, God. Thank you uh, just for uh, Sunday. It's just such a good day just to refresh, relax, recoup, look forward, look back, all the things, God. Just thank you that we have uh, your word that we could focus on, we could learn from, and that we could just um, just take a little life lesson from and just work towards something else, God. Break for all these things in your name. Amen. Um, so, like I said, uh, we're talking about um, suffering today, and uh, the reason why we are is that I, I don't get to do these a whole lot, but, you know, in between uh, studies, in between series, uh, sometimes I get to preach, and when I get to the preach in between those times, I just get to talk about uh, things, whatever I get to want to talk about. And, and I usually want to talk about what I'm learning so that, uh, you know, hey, you might already know this because just some kid, but maybe there's a little hint or two or whatever you want. So if you're checking out the title, uh, the title today is The Issues with Suffering. You could just replace the issue, the, the you could just replace it with Brent's. Brent Issues with Suffering because he's got some and we're going to learn about them today. And uh, if you want, it's going to be on the screen, but it's on First uh, Peter. Uh, chapter 3, verse 8, and we're going to be uh, stepping into chapter 4 a little bit. So uh, verse 8, it says, Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Verse 9, and who, 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 this is a good one, do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling. Whew, that's a tough one. And don't lie to me and tell you that it's easy, right? Um, there, there's so many times in this life, there's so many times in, in culture, in, in work, in, in school, in wherever you face people, where you've heard in the Bible, an eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, right? And, and you want to get yours. You want justice. God's a God of justice, right? Right? And, and because they did this to you, you got to get yours. But we read, uh, not so much the case, but, uh, but on the contrary, bless for to this you were called that you may obtain a blessing. We have to always remember folks, why are we here? Why, why haven't we just gone home? Why haven't we just, you know, done whatever? Why aren't we back in heaven? Why is God blessing us? Period. Yes. It's, it's so that we are blessed. Absolutely, it's because, oh, we got to do things and, and whatnot. But at the same time, we have to be a blessing to others, right? We don't get money for no reason. We don't get money just to, just to focus on us. We don't get time just to focus on us. We don't get anything just to focus on us. That's not how things work, right? When, when, when goodness comes upon me, absolutely, I need to look at my life and say, oh, what can I do this to improve my life, improve all those stuff? But just as that, I need to say, how can I improve my wife's life? How can I improve my neighbor's life? How can I improve my church's life? All those things, because God has given me X thing. How can I use it, right? Whatever that may be. 
Verse 10, for whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. You want to have a good life? Absolutely. Uh, right? It'd be kind of silly for you to answer that question wrong, right? Uh, we all want a good life. How do you do it? Well, whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Pretty simple. Why don't we do it? It's very simple. Why don't we do it? Simple lessons, hard conclusions, right? Uh, when, when times come, when hard times come, when suffering comes, our human nature, what we want to do, our first inclination is to act with evil. We want to fight fire with fire. We want to burn. We want to shut people away from our lives. But hey, if we want to love life, do these things, right? Verse 11, let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of, lo- of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. You want an enemy in God, do evil. <laughs> Silly. Why does anyone do it then? Why do, if I can get a little more specific, why do we do it then? Why are we not peaceful all the time? Why are we spreading rumors? Why are we talking evil? Huh. Verse 13. Now who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? And this is a little sarcastic, right? Who, who could harm you if you're doing good? A lot, right? I, I've lived long enough to, and I've spoke about this in Revelation. You're doing good? That does not get you out of jail for free. If anything, it's the opposite. God's t- Christ is saying, hey, you're doing good. Uh, I was doing good and I suffered. You're doing good. Guess what's going to happen to you? Are you greater than me? Are, are, is it, are you better off? Do you, know, do you have a secret that I don't know? There's so much. And, and at the same time, we have to understand what he's saying here. Who's going to hurt you if you're doing good? Well, a lot, but who's on your side? God. See, see, there's a story, and uh, I've portrayed, well, I'm not going to say who, but I've portrayed one of the sides way too many times, and there's, there's a story in the Bible, it's called David and Goliath, right? And David's a little kid, and, <laughs> right? and there's a tall guy, and, and the tall guy named Goliath is, is calling out, and he's saying, hey, you people are worthless. You're worshiping a worthless God who doesn't exist. He's dead. It doesn't matter. And this punk kid named David, in front of everyone, in front of all these soldiers, in front of all these people, and the king says, Why are y'all standing here? Do something. Act. Stand up. It has nothing to do with his skill, nothing to do with his ability, right? He doesn't say, oh, I can take him because I've been throwing rocks. I've, I've been doing this stuff. He says, I don't care how big, and this is the Brent version, right? Uh, I don't care how big that guy is. My God's bigger. So who could stand against you in your life? A lot. 
Does it matter? Not so much. Your boss, who has way more power, way more power, influence than you, is going to come against you in one way or another. Does it matter? Yeah, it does in a lot of ways. Your life's going to get harder. Is it, is it actual, real opposition towards God? No. Right? Illness is going to come against you. It's going to come against you and, and people in your life and all those things. Big stuff, little stuff, whatever it is. Right? Is it a big deal? Absolutely. Right? Th things have to be done. Life has to change. Work is hard. You might lose your job. Right? Those, those are big deals. I'm not, I'm not here to say, oh, suffering is no big deal. But when we say, oh, is suffering a big deal when it comes to God? Well, not really. <laughs> the God who created everything in six days can handle my life situation. And he care and, and here's the here's the big part, because I, I think a lot of people, I know a lot of people believe that. What they what the disconnect is, God cares enough to do something about it. He's not sitting up there and saying, Oh yeah, like I'm big enough to fix your yeah, whatever, you know, like you lost a pet or, you know, whatever big life situation it is, right? Of course I can handle that. I'm not gonna because I'm doing things over in the Middle East or I'm not doing that because I'm going over here, right? No, he's everywhere all the time doing all good. So who could stand against this? A lot. Does it matter? Not really. 14. But even if you should suffer for righteousness sake, so he's leaving up the door. Yeah. Who's going to stand against you? No one because it's God. But even if you did suffer for righteousness sake, you are blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. Why? How? But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy always being prepared to make a defense for anyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that is in you. Um, folks, I don't know if you figured this out. Believing in Christ is insanity. And I say that with, with a, no joke, right? Uh, the, the hope that you get, that you receive when you believe in Christ is absolutely insane, if, if your neighbor, if your uncle, if insert relationship under, who isn't a believer understands why, how you hope, why you hope, dare I say you're not doing it right. <laughs> if, if we can have a celebration of life and people who aren't Christians understand and get and all that stuff, we're not doing it right. That The joy that comes when, hey, yeah, we lost somebody, but guess what? They're in heaven now. Guess what? They're not dealing with all this stuff. Guess what? They don't have to deal with it. They're, they're with Jesus. That hope is insanity. So much so, he's saying, you need to have a defense for it. You go out in the world, we're going to go out in the world, and the stuff we do, the way we act, should be so counter to what people realize so counter to what they're used to that they're going to ask. And not only that, it's going to be a little hostile. You, you don't need to be a defense. You know, you don't have to have a defense for, Hey, like that's awesome, man. You're so cool. Why do you believe that you have defenses for why are you acting like that? 
You lost your job. Why do you believe that God is still in control? Someone just died and, and you're... Do you not care? Do you, are you not responsible enough? Your defense is, oh, yeah, and thank the Lord I'm not in control. <laughs> because if I was in control and I just lost my job and, and I'm, I'm having to pay rent and I'm doing all this stuff and I'm sitting there and, I'm, and I honestly truly believe that I, I'm in control, I'm stressed and I'm worried and all those things. But guess what? My defense, people come talk to me and they say, how can you act like that? Why are you going to do that? God's in control and he has a plan. It may seem insane, but hey, it's, it's what we do, right? Um, uh, uh, where am I? Anybody know? Ashley's not here. I'm lost yet. Do it with gentleness and respect. Hold on. Verse. End of 15. Thank you. Okay, have, verse 16, having good uh, conscience so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. Um, I shared the story a couple of weeks ago about people in the church, come, not our church, right? Couple, people in church way back when, 20 years ago, whatever it was, people in the church coming up saying, hey, um, you're doing this, you're doing that to the pastors and elders and staff and all those things. And they're saying, hey, uh, you're doing all these things. And if those people who got charged with it were in fact doing those things, the outcome would be very different. If they were saying the pastor was stealing from the church and the pastor was in fact stealing from the church, it'd be a way different story. Pastor would be forced to leave, wouldn't be asked to leave. If the pastor like they said, was having an affair on church campus, uh, and it became true. Uh, yeah, way different story. The fact is, is they were squeaky clean. The books were squeaky clean. All the things that they were doing, acting, they had accountability left, right, and center, right? So when I show up to Rock Bible Church and, and I'm getting put in, in charge of, oh, hey, uh, bills and accounting and all these things and banks, accounts and all that stuff, I'm saying, yeah, how do we fix this? How do we do it right? All that stuff. But at the same time, I'm saying uh, <laughs> accountability. So that if anyone ever said, Brent, you're stealing from the church, I could say, ah, uh, no, and I can prove it. And, and here's this person who knows everything I'm doing. And here's this person, whoever, every time I'm withdrawing cash for whatever event, they know exactly how much, who, why, right? Defense. So that if anyone comes after me or us or whoever, I know, right? And I didn't get that. I didn't get that response because of no reason. I didn't get that response or that, that mentality out of, oh, I, I could just do it my way. I just want to protect myself. Got that response out of experience, guys. And we put to shame. Verse 17, for it is better to suffer for doing good if that, sh if that should be God's will, then for doing evil. For Christ also suffered also for the sins, the righteousness for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit, in which he went and proclaimed to the spirits in prison. It's going to get a little weird. 
Okay, hold with me. Don't worry about it. It's going to get a little weird for a second. So Christ is, is preaching to those who, spirits who are in prison. It's going to get more confusing. Hold on. Because they were formerly, they, they formerly did not obey. When God's patience waited in the days of Noah, remember Noah? right? Noah's ark, right? So God's patience was wearing thin in the days of Noah, right? Uh, While the ark was being prepared in which a few, that is eight persons, the people on the ark, right? Were brought safely through water. What just was said? So when Noah, we're, we're, we're getting a little discovery that we didn't know about technically, right? So Noah's building this ark, right? Noah's building this ark and and he's, he's preparing for like the end, right? The floods are coming and all that stuff. And, and we don't see this side. We just see Noah building the ark. It says, Jesus is going down and preaching to people. He's saying, hey, uh, and stuff's happening. So, so when we say, oh, like, oh, he's just saving eight people. Uh, no, Jesus is actually going down to earth and saying, hey, repent. Time is coming. Time is near, right? And just like that, right? And so he's preaching all that stuff. Noah goes in a boat. He, he gets on the water and he's delivered. He's saved. They're saying just like that, baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you. Not as removal of dirt from the body, but all as an appeal to God for the good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So just how humanity, just how Noah and his family were saved through water, through the boat, right? We all can be saved through water, baptism. Now it says baptism saves you, right? But what it's actually saying, what's it actually meaning if you understand what baptism is? It's saying, hey, the old is gone. I'm getting dunked and and I'm leaving some stuff in the pool or the lake, or the river, whatever it is. Brent, if, if I can pick on Nick, Nick 1.0, right, is gone. He's getting left in the water. Now Nick 2.0 is here. And insert your name in, in there too. You get baptized, the old you is dead. It's not gone. It's not getting left. It, it is dead. No hopes of being resurrected. New life has come, right? And much like that, That's how we should view it. That's how we should view baptism, right? Verse 22, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, and powers having have had subject, having been subjected to him. Chapter four, verse one, since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same way of thinking for whoever has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin so as to live for the rest of the time in the flesh, no longer for human passions, but for the will of God. Even though the old you is gone, you're going to look a lot alike. (laughs) Your flesh is here. Your body is here. You're, You're not, unless you're, you know, some other religion, some other area, you're probably not getting a new name. Right, you get baptized. You're not. You're not. No one's calling you Nick 2.0. No one's calling you. You know what? Insert new name that you want to be called. You still have your burden name. You're still him. Even though that's true. Even though you're living in the same body, your spirit has changed. Even though the, your old is new. Uh, your old body is gone. Even though you haven't received this perfect body from Christ, you, it's new. 
It's special. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen. And, and here, I want to give you the three things that I have problems with suffering. And, 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 and I, it sounds like I have a problem with it. I hate it. I don't. Here's the issues that I have with suffering, right? When suffering comes in my life, there's usually three things that come up the most, right? So number one, uh, the thing that I probably forget the most, and I, I would assume most of you do too, is suffering is a benevolence issue, Suffering is a benevolence issue. You go out in the world time and time again, and here's the age-old question. God can't exist because why do good things happen to, bad things happen to good people, right? If there's an all-powerful God and he's all good, how can, how can bad things happen? Why are bad things happen to Christians every single day all across the earth, right? Why am I getting emails from people about pain, suffering, uh, death, simply because they are Christian, right? And we, we question this, that it is a goodness issue, that God cannot be good if, if suffering exists. Well, if I can remind all of us, and, and including especially myself, uh, Psalms 34, 17 through to 18, uh, we got to remember, hey, suffering is, is largely, mostly, if I, if I dare so in my life, is my fault. Uh, I did something wrong <laughs> and, and bad things are happening because of it, right? And, and just like before how he said that God's not just there to remind you that he understands, he's actually there to care about you, to fix it. Uh, Psalm 34, 17 through 18 says, when the righteous cry out for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of their troubles. Do we believe it? <sighs> the Lord is near to the brokenhearted, and save the crushed in spirit. We can't ever forget how close our God is. When times are rough, insanely hard times, I don't know about you, but my first and sometimes only response is isolation. I have to deal with my own crap before I come and talk to all of us about it. I, I can't be a leader and be in pain. I can't be a leader and suffer. I can't feel a show emotion or whatever it is. I need to isolate. I, why? I don't know. I'm a guy. It doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter. It's wrong, right? Uh, we have to remember that, hey, God is close. Doesn't matter how many people we push away. Doesn't matter if we try to push away God. Guess what? He's stronger than you. And, and, and because of that, because of how close and near and dear he is, can rely on him. We're going to push away people. They're pushed. <laughs> they have been pushed. We could turn off our phone, lock our doors, turn off the lights, whatever it is. We can't do that with God. It doesn't work. It doesn't matter if your door's locked. It doesn't matter if your light's off and you're pretending you're not home. It doesn't matter if your cell phone's off and you're just trying to isolate and just be alone and just deal with it. God's there. Good. Absolute good. Suffering is not only a benevolence issue, suffering is a unity issue. Yeah, you're united with God when you suffer. Christ suffered, I suffer. Uh, you know, in, in staff meetings, we like uh, a lot of the times, Jan 
uh, Megan and Scott like to talk about like the good old days of Rock Bible Church right like eight, 10 years ago, something like that when they were just starting. And I, I do the good old days thing because it's like, they're never sharing the good times. It's like, you remember that time? <laughs> you remember when we did this? We remember when we were trying to go through this and this thing happened? And I'm sitting there the whole time and I'm like, man, I wasn't doing anything back then. I, I could have just found Rock Bible Church and 10 years ago and I just could have joined. I could have been there. It'd been so cool, right? It unites us. You remember the hard times. Ash and I still talk about the best, craziest, hardest times in our marriage, but sometimes the most fun was we're saying like, hey, what can we afford for dinner? <laughs> Taco Bell, wow, or we must be rich. <laughs> you know, we did good today. We just got our bills. Let's go out to McDonald's, you know? And hey, let, you know, why? Why in the world would you want to remember those days? Suffering unites us. You remember the hard times and how, hey, we made it. And not only did I make it and you make it, we made it. Not only is every person in this church just sitting around still, we all made it. Rock Bible is still here. Even though times are tough, even though people leave, people join, whatever it is, Rock Bible Church is still here. That's amazing. And you want to know what else unites us? What other suffering unites us? Communion. Something so bizarre to someone who doesn't understand Christianity. The thing that killed our God is hanging up in our church right now. It, that's bizarre. Some of you are wearing it on your neck. You do that with any other religion, king, whatever, what? That makes no sense. Why do you do that? Oh, wait, it unites us. He didn't stay dead. And, and not only that, not only did he suffer, why did he suffer? Oh, and, and it's not like Christ just died for Brent Baldwin. You know, it's not like we can't always, we don't want to forget that. Right? Christ died for me and he loves me and all that good stuff. Christ died for us. For you and me. And, and Susie Bell Lou, I'm trying to make up a name. You know, I don't want to put anyone on the spot. That even though you don't like her, mm, why is, is, is paying evil for good hard? Ooh, I don't like that anymore. <laughs> Go back to funny jokes. <laughs> so today we're going to take communion. And I want you all to remember, we started this thing in student ministries after um, one summer camp or winter camp. Or I don't really remember. But we started doing it in a little different way. And it's not like co this is before COVID. So like, don't you get that out of your head. Oh, uh, germs, right? Uh, we, we started getting the Costco pack of like rolls. Everyone got a full roll, and, and the idea was as you're, as you're taking communion, as you're dipping it in the, all that good stuff, 
It's a time to unify. So, hey, you got the rest of your role. Take it. Give a little peace to somebody. Say, hey, I was a jerk the other day. Hey, I sent that, and, and you may not even know, but I sent a text, and it was not good, and, and it was totally against you. And Why did we do that? Students, certainly not adults, students sometimes need to, remember it, need to remember that, hey, times are hard, we fight a lot, but we got to understand we're all Christians. we got to understand that no matter how much suffering we go through, Christ did it tenfold. And not only did he do it, he did it for you, and he did it for me. So I'm going to pray. Bright, uh, band's going to come up, play a song. And then uh, anytime during the song, you feel free, grab it, head back to your seats. Dear Lord, thank you for communion. Thank you, thank you that it unifies us and brings us together, God. That it is, it's so impactful, that there's so much baggage. In the best way possible, there's so much baggage with communion. Um, that it it could look like a simple act of taking a piece of food, dipping it, and then just consuming it, and that's it. But there is so, so, so much baggage that comes along with it, Father. I pray that we we can um, unify under it and that we can uh, come together and just fix any problems that we have, God, that you will use this time um, to, to bring forth anything that breaks us apart, anything that, that drives a, a wedge in between us, God. And that we could just uphold our end of the bargain, God. And that, that could be something that we work on this week, Father. I pray uh, for this time of communion, God, once again, that we could just, uh, that it is pleasing and honorable to you, God. Pray for all these things in your name. Amen. need to sit down, you can sit down, but I'll be a minute. Um, the last point, and we can never forget this point. It is the most important thing. Holy cow. Suffering is absolutely a sovereignty issue. Never, ever, ever forget that God is in control. I didn't share this because it's like, it's pretty ugly, <laughs> but um, at the, uh, right at the end of all that debacle with people leaving and all that stuff, we get a letter from the guy uh, who kind of led the way, led the charge, and, and he's, he's leaving the church, and of course he needs to send off because, you know, he can't just leave. He sends a letter to each and every pastor and elder saying, that he prays that God either removes um, the leadership from the ministry or this planet. I'm 16 serving in a church. And because of that letter, Papa Bear came out. <laughs> And I start working my tail off. I'm, you need coffee. I'm, I'm there for coffee. You need whatever. I'm 16. And, and, and the youth pastor of the time sees that, sees, sees what I'm going through and all that stuff. And I'm trying. And that summer camp, he says, Hey, 
why don't you give a little sermon about your relationship with God? I'm giving this sermon and I, I leave the area. And he says, you are absolutely 100% called to the ministry. I don't know if we got that letter, if that sermon would have ever happened. If you remember the tale of Joseph, he sold into slavery by his brothers, beaten time and time again. And he's sitting there in control of the world, basically. And they come groveling and in pain and they say, please forgive us. Joseph says something that I hope we all hold on to every single day of our lives. They say, he says, you, what you did, you meant for evil. God meant it for good. He didn't use it. He meant it. It was planned, ordained. It doesn't matter what we're going through if we remember God, no matter what, is in control. Go this week with that mindset. Like always, remember how close he is and go with him.